village president of yes, Sherman. There he is. Trevor Klaffelter. Good morning, man. How's it going? Good. How are you guys? We're good. Hopefully you and yours are uh, healthy and um, uh, staying as positive as you can in this uh, very trying time. Absolutely. Yep, absolutely. That's what it takes. Positivity. Yeah. So what's uh, how's the village handling? Of course, we've got the story of the uh, uh, villas in Sherman uh, and, the, and the just devastating uh, story of one fatality, multiple employees, multiple patients there, uh, residents there uh, testing positive for COVID. Um, how do you guys manage that in a village like Sherman? And um, how how is the rest of this pandemic playing out for you guys there? Well, in terms of the Villa's senior care facility, that being a private institution, a lot of the management, per se, would fall on them. But in terms of a municipality and local government, we are coordinating and taking some cues, a lot of cues, with the the, um, Sangamon County Department of Public Health and the task force that's associated with the hospital systems that are here in our local area. Now, the Sherman Fire Protection District is is its own taxing body and has its own board of trustees. But in terms of first responders and our police department that falls under my purview, the Sherman Police Department, we coordinate with Chief Masterhand in the Sherman Fire Protection District on a daily basis, essentially. Um, updates are sent out through text messaging. We communicate through various different mediums. Um, in the beginning, we had some command staff meetings. Um, now, you know, a lot of electronic me- uh, means, essentially. The fire department has been briefing its members, including village staff, that especially the village, I mean, the the villas, senior care centers, if there is a call over there and we have to respond, minimal manning going in, not minimal manning going to the call, but minimal manning going in, extra, extra precautions are being taken, meaning wearing of the full PPE gear, outer layers, gowns, eye protection, gloves, um, all of the stuff that you would need in order to handle a COVID case, and then extra steps to decontaminate the first responders and the equipment upon re- uh, arrival back at the station. So in terms of the local government um, bodies, we're coordinating with the Sherman Fire Protection District, um, like we always have, and we've got a great relationship with them to you know try and get through this. And like you guys said at the beginning of this uh um, you know, phone call, positivity is going to get us all through it. And that's what we're trying to do is just coordinate, be positive and work together. Um, and that's, that's kind of how it's being handled around here. Sherman Mayor Trevor Kleitfelter is with us on News Talk 94.7 and 970 WMAY. Uh, Mayor, let's talk about some of the businesses in Sherman. You know, you mentioned that positivity. What is the mood of the business climate in Sherman right now? I think the mood is that everybody's ready to get back to to normal or some sense of normal, right? Everybody wants those revenues to be rolling back in, but they know the reality of it is that's just not going to happen. I've actually tried to, you know, make some phone calls and reach out to local businesses just to see how they're doing, stay in contact. Now us as a local government, we don't have billions and trillions of dollars of stimulus that we can uh, you know, offer <laughs> and pass out uh, and through the form of ordinances. 
we're going to be hit extremely hard through this as a local government already. But trying to, you know, listen to their concerns and see what we can potentially do and help them with. So, I mean, I spoke to Jeff Carter or Carter Brothers uh, last Friday just to see how things are going there because of building permits and, uh, you know, the, the building process through all of this. And things are going pretty good over there. He, he had a very positive uh, uh, response, which I was so happy to hear. Now, that doesn't mean that they're not feeling the impact because they are, but positivity, him, he's calling other you know, businesses trying to work with them. His biggest concerns are other businesses as well. Are they surviving? That's my concern. You know, we're trying to support local as much as we can. My wife and I, I know that we order from, you know, multiple places here in Sherman. We try to go to even Williamsville, our brother community, and, you know, patronize some of their businesses. So it's just going to take, you know, following these recommendations, adhering to the guidelines, and seeing how we're all going to get through this and helping where we can help and, um, you know, moving along in that manner. Trevor, uh, we, of course, have uh, the city of Springfield, major uh, urgent urban area uh, here in Sangamon County. And the mayor's issued executive orders. Have you guys, have you issued any kind of executive orders at all uh, about enforcement or about, uh, you know, the social distancing and things along those lines? We have not. Early on in the COVID pandemic crisis, we met, I have the ordinances ready to go if and when we actually need to pass them. But our understanding has been um, that with any kind of, you know, reimbursable or grant-type funding from the federal government that we, with, with, with the state of emergency being declared by state government and basically federal government, right. that the local governments didn't essentially have to do it. We haven't done it yet, and we haven't seen any issues just yet to where we would need to, you know, exercise those extraordinary powers that would be given to the local local authority. So we haven't done it, but that's no fault on anybody else that has done it. I have, you know, the documents from the Illinois Municipal League. I get daily uh, emails from the Illinois Municipal League uh, coordinating with state government and all the other local governments on everything COVID-related. So. We haven't done it, but like I said, that's no fault on any other municipality that has, and I hope it's not on us either. But we, I just said, we haven't had any issues that some of those extraordinary powers that you would essentially need to implement um, through that ordinance sure. would have to be put through with our police department and myself and things along those lines. Now, we've been even canceling. I've canceled uh, all of our meetings since this has started. Um we're going to have to start getting back into having some of the meetings. Uh, we're holding all expenditures unless it's really, really an emergency expenditure. Because of the way that local governments are funded through income taxes, the local government distributive fund, I'm worried about you know how our state legislators are going to uh, handle well, and Mayor, uh, we're hearing, of course, uh, the, the crater in revenues for the state government is going to be possibly seven-plus billion dollars for next fiscal year. That does not include the possible $2 billion of lost revenue this fiscal year. City of Springfield still has yet to really get some solid numbers, but they're anticipating major losses in revenue. What's it look like for Sherman if you guys don't have, like, the corner pubs open or uh, you don't have the uh, the dog groomers or whatever other types of businesses outside of, uh, uh, you know, Carter's Lumber or uh, outside of, uh, you know, groceries? 
stores operating right now. Have you found those estimates? Do you have a general idea, and how do you make up for those losses? I don't have the estimates uh, immediately uh, right in front of me at the point at this point in time, but like what you said, and Greg, you know, my previous employment was with the Commission on Government Forecasting and Accountability, where we did do all of the revenue estimates right. for the state of Illinois. So I really have an in-depth knowledge of how the financing for the state um, works in terms of its revenue sources and how they translate down to local governments. And so our concern, my huge concern, is definitely how this is going to impact local governments through our two main funding sources, which are sales taxes, which are tied to you know, the grocery stores, the sit-down restaurants, Carter Brothers Lumber, which is one of our large revenue-producing entities, um, and then also the, the income tax line item, which comes to us from the local government distributed fund. And to the extent that that is impacted by people not working and per capita numbers coming to the state, you know, I'm trying to get into a lot of different stuff here, but, you know, motor fuel tax revenue is going to be an impact because of a lesser amount of gas sales. So that's going to impact things. So it's, it's going to be a very scary future in terms of our local government revenues. Now, local governments, we always see it kind of lag. The Midwest seems to lag a lot of things, and it's going to happen over the next however many months to, you know, years to get out of this. I went through this in 2009 with the Great Recession, and we've been able to manage our cash flow because we've been building a rainy day fund, essentially working to hold expenditures over the 13 years I've been in office. And we've literally gotten to a point where we have enough saved up. Now, we don't want to burn through it, but we've literally saved enough to where we could almost operate an entire year without any revenues coming in. And we've been kind of preparing for, not saying that we knew a pandemic was coming, but we've been preparing for something if a major business, you know, didn't make it and fell off or things along those lines. You know, maybe there was a, could have been a fire or something to to, just, you know, stymie revenues from coming in. So we've, we've tightened the belt over the years and we have literally been uh, putting money into a contingency fund for times like this. Maybe that's a a lesson that uh, other uh, local and uh, even state governments can learn there. Uh, Trevor Klatfelter, the village president of the village of Sherman. uh, We're going to have to bring you back on in the future to talk about what it looks like for the summertime and all the festivities that you guys have in Sherman. And uh, uh, so stay, uh, stay in contact with us. All right. Yeah. Absolutely, I, that's my baby over there. The the amphitheater yes. and the park. So yeah. I want to I want to come back on. I want to tell everybody about the unbelievable lineup that we had set up, and we still do. We haven't sure. con- canceled a, a single thing. We've got thirty seven events. Now you have a ton of things planned for that park. What what is the current status on all of that? We're kind of in a holding pattern right now, just not knowing exactly what to do with the concerts that we already have booked. We've been uh, reluctant to to cancel those right away. Now, we did have, uh, let me see, I think we've had one thing kind of fall victim to it. But um, but outside of that, our concert series literally was going to start on May 29th and run through September 19th. So we had a total of 19 different shows planned for that. And that May 29th show, we haven't uh, we haven't just we haven't canceled just yet. But it does look like it's probably going <laughs> to fall victim to this for sure. Um, that was going to be a Prince. We were bringing in a Prince tribute 
act from, I believe, a Colorado. Oh, so that's awesome. With people, yeah, we have an unbelievable lineup line, uh, planned and worked out for this summer. And the amount of people that are over the last two years since we opened this park and this amphitheater, our numbers have continued to grow. And we were expecting uh, a very good year this year because word is getting out. We're seeing new bodies coming from all over the all over essentially and people just talking about the open air venue that we put in in front of the rail golf course on that park ground and the amount of fun that they have at these events we've had in the past we've had van halen tribute we've had Def leopard we've had uh jimmy buffett we've you name it we've had it out there and the numbers just continue to grow and for this year we have a, an amazing lineup uh scheduled and it's still on the books right now but we're just playing it by year and we're kind of seeing how things are going to transpire over the over the over the days to come because essentially that's what we're looking at are you, um, are you, mayor are you looking pretty much at the same thing that the big venues are looking at at some of these tours because so many venues have been canceled that that uh they're just chucking the whole tour because otherwise they don't be going out there on the road for only four or five shows and it isn't worth it for them well, we didn't have, we don't have, and we're still small enough that we're we're working with mostly tribute type bands. We don't have right. the large acts, you know. Oh, right, so, right, 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 exactly. But uh, but it's even some of the tribute acts, if they have half their dates canceled, they might not put together a roadshow, or, or are they more susceptible to put together a roadshow anyway to get those dates? Um, I guess I, I I'm kind of shooting from the hip, and I don't know exactly what's going on on the on the ground with them in that respect, mm-hmm. but. Some of the ones that we've had in the past, they look, you know, we've written, written uh, Two White Crew. It's a, you know, eight, a 90s hip-hop band. One of our, that was our biggest, most popular one. People just had the most fun ever at that event. Uh, they Did were coming you say down Two Live Chicago. Crew? You had Two Live Crew? No, no, no. no. <laughs> They're actually called Two White Crew. Two White Crew. Oh. I was going to say. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> and I thought that is even kind of controversial. Two White Crew. Uh, yeah, that, okay. <laughs> well, even in our marketing, in our marketing, honestly, we put TWC when we were first putting it out. Oh, yeah. there. We didn't even put Two White Crew well, out well, there. Do so. they, do they, but it do turned they, out. Do they spell it T-O-O? Two white crew? Because then it would be funny. Mm. You know? Or I just think, two. Or just uh, you know, the number two. Yeah. yeah I'm not sure. <laughs> no, I think the T-O-O would be funnier than but the two. I, I guess to Chris's question, though, um, have you heard back from any of the, the music acts you have lined up uh, about any of their concerns or about, you know, modifications to uh, them maybe not seeing it's going to be worth any, anything if, if they don't have uh, other dates set up elsewhere, for instance? I haven't per se, but my village administrator actually is the boots on the ground who is in constant contact with these individuals. And I, I don't think he's even uh, heard that so much. So that's not a concern on our end just yet. I will check with him and kind of just sure. you know, report back to you guys. But yeah. even, you know, what, one thing that did fall victim to this is uh, I had the opening of the that big, large playground system that we just completed. Mm scheduled to open on May 1st and we were going to do a dedication and we did have the gamify. So what we're waiting on right now is just to pour the solid, the the poured in place solid surface. That's that rubber, really nice rubberized surface for kids uh, to play on. We're not doing the, the wood chips and we're not doing the rubberized chips. We're doing literally the, the rubberized surface. So we're waiting for weather right now, but we did have a May 1st opening and dedication planned for that. And we were going to bring in the gamify circus from ISU to be another component of it for kids and families. And we did have to cancel that. And it doesn't, obviously, with May being up in the air and 
doesn't look like anything's going to happen in May. Well, the Gamma Phi Circus is literally students from ISU that are going to be, well, they're, they've, you know, they've left the university now. So we we're not going to have that, and the dedication is being pushed back as well. So that's a that that's fallen victim to this so far. And playground, we you know we've cl- we've closed our playgrounds. Our walking path continues to be open. I did ask and request that people uh, on on the recommendation of a resident that sent me a message, and it just totally made sense. And ninety percent of what I witness is people walking in a counterclockwise direction on that path. I just asked our town, hey, then from my own observations of being out at the park, when people pass each other. They were kind of, I mean, getting off the path in far distances. So we asked people, hey, let's just, can everybody walk in a counterclockwise direction so we're not like literally intersecting people? And the towns responded well to that. We've had Sherman residents, I mean, they're great in all respects. And through this, they've been great. Our police department hasn't had to deal with a lot of stuff. Um, we're just ready to, like, everybody get out and start having fun and being communal again in that amphitheater and that park is Oh my God! It's just something that's been bringing our community together like nothing we've ever done before. And so, our concert series—you um, know—we're we're holding off as long as we can. But there are going to be a lot of shows that fall victim. And then going back to what you guys said, especially you, Greg, the way you follow revenues. Yes, there's a cost with these—you know—bringing these bands in. And so, to the extent that we're seeing the loss in revenues, the determination is—is is what are the most important and the best to the extent that we can have a concert, what are the best shows that we think are going to do the best and, uh, you know, be enjoyed the most and, you know, kind of get a broad group, which ones could we keep on the books towards the end of the, you know, the summer. And that's the decisions that we're also trying to make to, to have at least some shows out at the amphitheater. I mean, I was bringing Kelsey Hickman back from Nashville, you know, our local uh, rising star, country singer down in Nashville, Tennessee. She was coming back again this year. We had the Van Halen guys coming back. We've had just the the boat drunks, the Jimmy Buffett tribute, which has been uh, a, a huge success. Sure. We were going to play off of what Motley Crue and Poison and Def Leppard and Joan Jett are doing. So we had a, a Motley Crue and Def, Le- uh, Def Leppard uh, tribute band book sure. to try to, like, if you don't, if you're not going to that more expensive concert, come do it here in, you know, Sherman you, and, and have fun and be out at our open air venue. So. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Mayor, it was a good visit. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. And we'll, we'll check in with you again. Absolutely. Okay? Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. And I appreciate the three segments. I'll stay on anytime. <laughs> <laughs> We're sending you your bill. So anyway. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, you have revenue now. Anyway, right. Hey, appreciate yeah, right? it, man. We'll talk Thanks soon. a lot, Trevor. Thanks, buddy. Okay. Talk to, talk Take to you care. later. Be well. All right. You bet. You too.